106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to our earlier show, Fix It Radio, from 9 to 10. Uh, around the house uh, questions. We talked a lot about real estate today, so I appreciate that. Ken Rackley with me today, Tune Tech Automotive. Good morning. Morning. It's always good to it's be a nice here. Morning, it, by the it way, it's a great morning yeah. here in the end of January. That's right. You know, it's hard to believe you can get out and actually get in. I was in shorts this morning, it's going outside and yep, going around the block and, and snow stuff, maybe later uh, this week. We'll see. Yeah, well, you Who know, knows? It, it's definitely due. It's we still definitely Colorado. need it. Yeah, we'll exactly. take it. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm glad you're joining us. I appreciate it very much, as always. Again, Tune Tech Automotive out in Aurora. Literally right off of Colfax and 225, just head east a little bit. You'll see them on the left-hand side of the road, north side of the road. Uh, Larry Younger answering phones, Charlie Grimes as well. We'll get right to the phones, 303-477-5600. Real quick, let me throw out question of the day. You guys can answer this. What would you go back in time and buy now if you knew then what you know today? So in other words, knowing where things are now, if you could go back in time and buy something, what would it be? 303-477-5600. Like Google stock? No. <laughs> anything. It, it doesn't no, have to be right, car related. Right, it could right. be anything. Could be no, Google right. stock. Could yeah. be, well, I should have bought that 70 LS right. 7 Chevelle that, you know, right. I had the opportunity to put my hands on, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, and you think about that now with all the performance vehicles and stuff like that. It's like, what <laughs> what now is going to, you know, Well, I'll give you a better example. Yeah. So I had a really good example. So my uncle was a... You know, I was in the Buick and GMC dealership world, grew up there. My uncle had a dealership of his own, you know, up into the uh, late 80s. And uh, we had the opportunity and just never really thought through it, but could have bought one of the GNX Regal Grand Nationals in that time period, that 90s time period. Yeah. Or, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, 88, yeah. We we could have done that. Bought it, put it aside, done whatever. You know, that could have, you know, happened. but. I, you know, I don't think anybody at the time thought that car would be worth what it is today, which is a six-digit figure now. Yeah, right. Yeah, what's going to exponentially increase? So in that's the next that's kind of where I'm going with this. What what if yeah. you could go back in time now and buy? Yeah. Would you go back in time and buy knowing what you know today? Yeah, an LS, LS Chevelle or you know whatever. Yeah, exactly. You name it. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. So we'll answer any other car question you got for us. Just let us know what it is, and we'd love to hear from you, Bill and Centennial. You are first today. Hey, good morning, guys. I um, I can't think of a car off the top of my head. Probably a Chevelle 70 SS 454, that go. type. Yeah. Uh, my question to you, John, I've talked to you before, and you were talking about how the industry has changed with car mechanics, kids growing up wanting to become car mechanics, and how things are going to change. What do you think about this past week GM announced? Now, 14 years in car years is a very, very short time, if you really think about it. Right. And... They claim to go. They're going to go all electric, except for their medium and heavy-duty trucks. How do you think that's going to affect things? Do you think, 
you know, the car mechanics are going to go out of business or they're going to have to change. I mean, I don't know. Yes. I just want your opinion. Yeah, no, they, no, I, I, I coach, no, all electric. no, great, great question, Bill. And I coach, you know, automotive shops on a pretty routine basis and have, you know, numerous clients inside of our own, you know, network right here that we talk to on a regular basis, you know, Ken being one of those. And yes, my advice to shops is one of two things. They either need to plan on how to exit and sell to somebody that will make all of the adjustments needed coming down the pike, or they need to be prepared themselves to make said adjustments. Because yes, those those times are a change in, they say, and they literally are, and they're changing even right before our eyes. It doesn't mean that even a full electric vehicle isn't going to need maintenance. There's still things on an electric vehicle that need to maintain. Believe it or not, there's still fluids and things like that on an electric vehicle that keep the battery cool and things along those lines. So there's still things that need to be done, tires, brakes, alignments, you know, that sort of thing, suspension. Those things are still going to need taken care of even on an electric vehicle. And, of course, the longer they're out and the more miles they get on them, we're even now going to be talking, you know, battery rejuvenation and, you know, what if there's something that goes bad with a particular cell and the cooling of the battery. I mean, there's still a lot of mechanical componentry on a electric vehicle everybody acts like they're you know 100 percent maintenance free <laughs> and there's right. nothing you ever have to do that You're that's right. a misconception bill yeah. but the industry yes will have to change if it's going to adjust for the things that are coming down the pike agree Ken? Sure. oh yeah definitely i mean and that's been that's been the rule all along i mean things things have always progressed and there's always been change and everything like that even you know from the 80s to the 90s 90s to the 2000s i mean right. and and today's vehicles i mean everything changes so what we have to adapt with it it's like what do you think about companies like jasper engines and transmissions that do a lot of rebuilds i mean do you think people with gas engines will hang on to their cars longer or do you think those people will start depends. going out of business because nobody will want a depends. mechanical engine I, and I say depends because it really it's this one is going to come off of what you know what does the market decide to do the retail market I mean the buyers the drivers you know what will they adapt to keep in mind as well and this is something I, I remind even my shops of is right now the age of the fleet is about 13 years of age 12 to 13 years of age is where we're at today so even okay. if you know electric cars were mandated tomorrow even if the government you know in its magic wand could wave that and everybody tomorrow started buying electric cars the reality is. And even with the price of new cars, you might even see that grow a little bit. You know, it would take a good 15 years to even convert everything over to a, a new propulsion system, if that's what we want to call it. And keep in mind, we're still producing gas engine cars as we speak today. Millions. And even in GM's world, they're going to be doing it for at least another 10 years. So, you know, Bill, what that really means for the, the you know, mechanical engine of today, if you think about that, even if GM stops selling them, let's say, let's say it's just 10 years. We'll, we'll use that as a round number, even that's not what they said. But let's say it's 10 years. Well, you know that even in 2031, you're still going to be 2035 or 2030, at least 2030, with gasoline engines running around unless something really weird happens. Yeah, and that's what okay. happened today. Yeah, and that's if it yeah. happened right now, yeah. and it hasn't. Right, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, there's so many vehicles that come into the shop that are, I mean— I, not the ton that are super old, you know, 30 plus years, but 20 years old, I see them There's a all lot. day, every day. There's a lot of them. Yeah, That's right. There's exactly. a ton of those running around, Bill. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and part of that is, A, you know, the consumer and not wanting to spend the, the extra money to go buy that new car. B, new cars are averaging about 40K and above right now. That's today's new car prices. That's the average price people pay. So, that, you know, you look on top of that. Uh, and this is actually kind of to the detriment of the car companies. They're built better today than they ever have been. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that car 20 years ago is still <laughs> on the road today, and, and we are much more advanced in the car you're buying today than we were 20 years ago. 
I had th- okay. I had okay. three vehicles in this week that were over three hundred thousand miles on the odometer, and you know, and, and still running, still driving them every day. Yeah, yeah. So, so Bill, I think yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that I, as a you know, maybe as a talk show host and, and as a coach myself, look at that I don't think the industry is seeing, and I don't even think the government is looking at is you know we're now building cars better than we ever have before. They're safer. They last longer than they ever have before. And you look at all of that and say the age of the vehicle fleet right now is 13 years of age. I could easily see that bumping up to 15, 16 years of age, which means even if something was mandated tomorrow, you're still going to have gasoline engine vehicles running around for the next 15 years. Yeah, right. And some of the, the some of the biggest issues, these vehicles are able to last a very long time. But some of the components to keep those running are being they phase them out. Phase them out. That's yeah. right. Electronic components, stuff that you have to have to make right. that thing run. And and the, no, that's the one area where I say it depends. Where if all of a sudden there is a lack of supply, not demand, but a lack of supply in a particular area, that really just makes vehicles have to then go to the crusher. That would be the thing that we'd all as consumers have to watch for and stay on top of, because typically the vendors want to keep selling what they're making money on. But if all of a sudden, you know, Uncle Joe comes along and writes some sort of policy where you can only make parts for X amount of time, and then after that, it's illegal to make those parts, which, by the way, I'm not talking outlandishly. These are the types of things that could happen. If that were to happen, Bill, now it's a game changer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes sense? And it it would be up to the aftermarket to, you know, say electronic modules aren't available for a certain vehicle. It would be up to the aftermarket to actually go in and remanufacture those components, which they do already. They do. But, That's right. They still do. But there are certain things that they don't as of this time. Right. So we have right. And, you know, time. of course, then what happens, Bill, you know, we can talk for hours because then this yeah. generates a whole nother underground economy when it comes to used parts on vehicles. And, you know, on and on we go. You know, do I see the gasoline engine in my lifetime going away? I'm 56. No, I don't. I, I, think, I, you know, I think I'll be able to drive a gasoline powered car as long as I want. Now, how will I be able to drive it? That's a whole nother question we could literally spend a whole nother hour on because as automated driving starts to take over, which, by the way, folks think that all has to be done electrically with an electric vehicle, and it doesn't. You can automate a gasoline engine vehicle as just easily as you can uh, you know, an electric vehicle. There's no difference there whatsoever. But as we start automating things, Bill, and I believe this is my own take, as people understand and figure out that that's easier, we're lazy. No, no offense, but humans are lazy. As we figure out it's easier to hop in a car and not drive, trust me, it will take over. Sure. Yeah. Even for us old-timers that love driving, it will take over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good show, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Bill. Yeah, no, thanks. I, I great question, by the way. And I, I appreciate yeah. that. And you're going to see more of those announcements. So sure. Yeah. Exactly. I and, appreciate that. Yeah. And and like you said, I mean, the electric cars are not maintenance free. No. Nope. There are less fluids to them, and they're more electric. But those electric components still wear out. Electric motors wear out. Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, brakes wear out. Brakes wear out. All uh, the transaxles wear out. Right. So you know, he asked the question about Jasper engines and transmissions, which we could get into as soon as we come back. You know, I, I feel like if those manufacturers will make certain changes, and I'll tell you in a minute what they think those are, I think they'll be okay. It's a matter of how do they respond to this. Right. Well, and they're already, you know, they've already moved into the drivetrain, like Jasper, already mm-hmm. moved into the drivetrains, the turbos, the things like that, that, you know, is Years the whole ago, package they deal. Right. All right. they did was engines. Right. All they, uh, originally, all they did all was engines. engines. That's that it. Was Not it. even transmissions. Then they moved into transmissions. Now they're doing the... And differentials. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll, exactly. we'll come back. If you got a question for us, yeah. 303-477-5600. Myself, Ken Rackley. Got a great show in store for you. So again, question of the day. What would you go back in time and buy now 
if you knew then what that item would be doing today. 303-477-5600. You can text us as well. 307-200-8222. 307-200-8222. We'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E. P-R, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. And not just my friends, but truly, the staff at Lone Tree feels like part of our family. Since 2002, they have provided the very best care for our pets. What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs. From preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then, of course, there is a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Charlie Grimes, engineer, Larry Unger, answering phones. By the way, lines are open. I should have said that a moment ago. Uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600. Don't forget, you can text us as well, 307-200-8222. But uh, give us a call. We'd love to answer whatever question you've got. Question of the day, 
Uh, what would you go back in time and buy now if you had known then what it would be today? Okay, that's our question of the day. Myself, Ken Rackley, again. We ended that last segment talking about, you know, just the shift towards, you know, different technologies, probably the best way to say it. You know, yeah. what's that technology going to be? Well, you know, a lot of push right now in electric vehicles. You're seeing major manufacturers like GM come along and say, you know, you know, by X time, we're going to be, you know, all electric. Now, real quick, I want to talk about that for a moment. These companies can say that. Whether or not that actually happens, let's face it. Lots of things in GM's world could change between now and that time. For example, Mary Barra, who's the CEO, could go away. Something could happen. She could be, you know, basically, uh, you know, dismounted from that position, and a new CEO coming in and say, "Well, no, 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 we're 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 not going to do that. We're going we're going to make this shift and do X instead." Now, I realize that a lot of the R and D they're spending today is what they're using to jettison into that that age they're talking about. But keep in mind, every CEO coming in will have a different opinion and plan on what they feel they want to do, the board of directors as well. And even those can change. A board of directors change could come along. Somebody could buy a lot of shares, get a nice seat on the table, say, listen, I think you guys are going completely in the wrong direction. I think we should do X. Sure. Again, lots of things could happen. These are press announcements. They get them a lot of press in turn, which is what they're after when they do these things. That's the idea. Sure. Whether that comes to fruition time will tell. Now, back to, we were going to talk, Ken and I were talking during the break, you know, is this as big a change as it was when the horse and buggy went away and the Model T came along? No. The reason I say that is, that was a major shift from going to a horse-drawn carriage to something that was self-propelled, didn't require a horse, you know, a, a team of horses even in front of you right. to go from A to B. You know, we're, we're talking about taking a different propulsion system in an already existing car that we use very well and have now for the last 100-plus years. We're just talking about changing the propulsion system. The actual car itself, while they may look a little different, but at the end of the day, you get in behind a steering wheel. and got when brake they be, pedal, gas got pedal. Gas you know. Exactly. Right, exactly. Windows roll up and down. I mean, uh -huh. yeah, automation will come along and change some things, but, but even that's not going to change, in my opinion, the propulsion system. So really, when we talk about electric vehicles versus gasoline engines, I don't see that. And I had a, a person that called into my weekly show, a guest that you know compared that to the horse and buggy days, and I challenged him on that because, no, it's not one and the same. We're not talking about going from one complete right. mode of transportation to another. We're just shifting the propulsion system in our current mode of transportation. Vehicle, yeah. It's not the right. same as a horse and buggy, guys. No, right. Exactly. And yeah. even horse and buggy folks, if they did it right, survived. Now, a lot of them went out of business or they converted into car companies. That's where a lot of the car companies came from. Uh, this will be different because that's not going to happen this time. The, the major players are there, although we've added some new players, Tesla being one, and there will be some others probably that come along if this goes that direction. But, you know, will we be all electric in 15 years? No. Sorry, yeah. we're not going to be, folks. Yeah. Yeah, All of you greenies out there, I'm sorry, no, that's not going to happen. How, how are you going to take that car that's only got a 200-mile range and plan a, plan a, plan a road trip? To, not. Or, or just to go up to the mountains and back, You're like not. we're talking. You we know? don't have the infrastructure. Now, will right. the infrastructure come along in the next 15 years? Possible. But they got to get after it right now. I don't see many. I, I drive an electric car, folks. I don't see many changes in that right now. So even though these greenies and everybody out there on, on that side of the spectrum want this, and they do, by the way, uh, they're going to have to get after it to make it happen because I drive an electric car and can tell you the limitations of it. And I challenge people that call my other show during the week, you know, con continually on that. I'll get these experts that will call in and start talking about electric cars. I'm like, well, you, you know, you're talking to a guy that owns one? 
Yeah, you're right. And I understand the limitations, and you're I'll throw right. these things back at them. What's funny is all these quote-unquote experts that claim to know all this stuff, I start throwing back my challenges. They're looking at a book. They're yeah. not actually Thank experiencing you. it. Yeah. And the reason I yeah. bought an electric right. car was so I could experience these things and talk yeah. wisely about them, which I feel like now I can do after owning one for the last year. Yeah, right. I know it's limitations. And, and I know you, it's out there. You drive the heck out of and it. And I drive so, it. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I feel like... You know, again, we as a show are really in a lot of ways one up on a lot of others that are out there because we actually live and breathe and do this stuff. Right, exactly. Well, it's not and, coming from a book. Well, and, and too, like we were talking, unless you have a garage, you're not going to be able to drive an electric vehicle. Not really. And not everybody has a garage. No, it, it really you know? becomes more it's, difficult. Yeah. Right now, an electric vehicle is for those folks that are middle to upper middle incomes. Otherwise, it's very yeah. difficult to buy you know, an electric car. Right. And most of the electric cars don't come with the charging stations. So no, you buy it extra. Added, added additional yeah. to Unless you're too, so. you know, handy like me and can go find a used one you can buy and then hang yeah. it on the wall for 400 bucks, you're going to sure. spend 20 or two grand, I mean. Yeah, 2000 and, you know, And you'll be all set for that t- vehicle right. for that time frame. The next vehicle might not take that chain, same charging system. Yeah, that's, another so. big, that's another big contention yeah, right now along right. those lines, too. Exactly. So, Anyways, give us a call, 303-477-5600. We'd love to chat with you. Looks like Jim and Centennial's next. Jim, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. Thanks, Good. Jim. Hey, I have a, um, actually two questions, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. I'll go right ahead. Um, first of all, you know, I replaced the tires on uh, a couple of our cars, um, and I don't know what tire pressure to use anymore. I mean, they're not the original ones that came on the car. Okay. I was thinking, you know, in the door jam, that's where you get yes. it. But if you change out your tires and the tire says, oh, a maximum PSI is 55, um, I'm, I'm just not sure what to set it at now. Great question, by the way. And I get this one even uh, emailed and texted to me on a regular basis. So great universal question, Jim. I, I appreciate you asking it. And rule of thumb is if you haven't changed this series of tires, and I'll explain that in a minute, you would go off the door jam. Now, on an SUV or a light truck, for example, if you've gone from a P-series to an LT-series tire, those pressures are going to be different from what the door sticker says because the door sticker was designed for that original P-series tire that may have been put on from the factory. If you go to an LT-series, which, by the way, I'm not against. In fact, I think in a lot of vehicles they should have come with LT tires. That was a mistake the factory made. Much better ride on I I think they they last longer, they work better, they're stronger. But if you do that, to your point, Jim— you're going to have to run different pressures than what that window sticker says or what the door sticker says. Yeah. And even though it says max of 55, it, you don't you're not going to run, run it. That. Yeah, you don't want to run them at that because that's that's if you're loading them to the right. capacity and stuff like that. So you get a very, very terrible ride at the max capacity. So now we have to get into the Keep details of this, Jim. What are you driving? That's the first question I would ask. Um, my wife and daughter or my wife's cars, they're uh, a Lexus NX and an Acura RDX. Okay. And you did you change... The tire series on those on either one and go to an LT tire? No, no. They're, they're still P tires. Then I would just run what the door sticker says. Yeah, you're fine with that. Okay. Yeah, the tire's rated a little okay. higher pressure, but it probably has a little w- better weight bearing. But other than that. And then, and then after that, this is another thing everybody needs to be uh, aware of as well. Watch them. And you can do this yourself. So you watch the tire wear moving forward. So you run ahead, go ahead and run the pressure that's in the door sticker. And after, I don't know, a month, Set a calendar reminder if you have to. Go out and look at the tires and see if they all look like they're wearing nice and flat and even across the top of the tread. If you can't put a ruler on top, Jim, and have it really match the ruler from side to side, your pressures are wrong. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is if the outside starts to wear more than the inside, you're under pressure. Mm-hmm. If the middle is wearing more than the outer edges, you're over pressure. 
Okay. And and That's usually great. about five thousand miles, you can kind of detect a wear. You can start seeing you know, it. Yeah, you can see a wear pattern. So oh, okay. every oil every month or two, just really. Yeah. And again, yeah, if you just right. set a calendar reminder once a month, I'm going to walk around the car and look at tires. Yeah. You'd be right in the money. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And it's great. Yeah. Ken, just, Ken, Ken's my Ken's my mechanic, by the way. Just drop it by. He can do it. Great, <laughs> great, great guy. Even easy. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. No, but but, and, 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 but this again, this is a great universal question, Jim, for a lot of folks because these are things that really the even the tire stores and stuff don't tell you. They'll they'll throw a set of tires on it, air it up to what they think it needs, and send it out the door, and off it goes. Well, they're not driving it, they're not loading it, they're not using the vehicle the way you do. Everyone listening really needs to pay attention to your own tires, and I will tell you that if you do, the longevity of said tires increases dramatically. Yeah, it's worth every second you spend looking at them. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll wait till about five thousand. There you go. And check them there or whatever. I, uh, another question about these electric cars. I was thinking, um, has anybody ever analyzed? Is there enough of these rare earth minerals for everybody to have an electric car, like to make all these batteries? Well, it depends on who you ask, Jim. Uh, the Chinese, by the way, for this this is well known. I'm not bad mouthing anyone, but China owns the lion's share of rare earth metals. In the world, what they don't own in their own country, they have bought up other mines around the world, and they pretty much really do control the market on rare earth minerals, which I keep wondering, why are we going to go a direction where there's one particular country that would then control the outcome of everybody else wanting to buy said item? To me, Jim, that's just suicide. That, that, that's economic suicide, if you ask me. I don't know why anybody would be dumb enough to do that. Uh, to your point, I am one that says no. I don't think there's enough to really meet the demand. If you look at all the vehicles that are around the world and how much that would take to convert everything over to electric, I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's impossible. And no, I don't think there's enough rare earth minerals minerals out there to even make that happen. And they probably, do you know if they can recycle those batteries? It's very hard. Tesla is working on and has in in kind of their uh, wheelhouse right now uh, doing some recycling of the batteries, and, and there, it is promising where they can take a lot of those materials and, and repurpose them, you know, re, re, you know re, reuse them if you would, uh, and that will help out immensely, but it's very expensive. This is the thing nobody ever wants to talk about either. You know, recycling in general, most people don't understand. It's easier to produce something new than it is to use something recycled. I don't care if we're talking paper towels. Yeah, sure. A, a, a recycled paper towel will cost you more money than a regular fresh paper tra- paper towel where they grow the tree specifically. They know exactly how to harvest them. They get them off to the pulp mill. Paper towel comes out the other end, and away you go. You take used ones, on the other hand, and have to go through all the process of, of washing and bleaching and getting— re- that's, why all, that's why all recycled paper products, by the way, are brown because they can't ever get them as clean as they would you know, normally coming out of the virgin tree. Yeah. So the reality is the expense side of it, Jim, I think, is also prohibitive it, it, and that's my opinion now others will argue with me on that but that's my view of it I, i'm just thinking there's not as much of these minerals that go in these batteries as there are fossil fuels and nope. i think we'll right. be in a worse off nope. situation here you in are the correct where they're like well yeah we got to come up with something else or, or we have no more resources for this so you are correct yeah i think that you are you are spot on and the thing that we've got to do is convince those that are in the upper echelon to realize what you did, and by the way, everybody, you know, everybody, real quick. I'm not going to get political. I'm just being very honest in how the world works. Typically, Jim, you know this as well as I. The people making these decisions probably don't even drive a car, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. They are being chauffeured around by someone else, yet they're making these decisions for you and I, and yet have no clue what we're even talking about. Not a clue. Or, or they, they don't even know. Uh 
the amount of energy and fossil fuels it takes to produce these batteries. So I did some math for somebody that actually texted me <laughs> yeah. earlier this week, Jim, for everybody listening real quick. I wanted to get this information out. This is a great segue. So somebody asked me, what does the average electric vehicle use in actual kilowatt hours a month and how does that work? So I did some math and figured out my Chevy Bolt, which I don't know how it relates to all other electric vehicles. If it's on the upside, downside, I just use my vehicle as an example. So my vehicle, and I drive about 15,000 miles a year, so do the math. And I use almost, almost the same amount of kilowatt hours in that one car as the average American home uses in a month. So wow. about double, okay. double your. So you would kilowatt. basically double if you. That's one, car. one electric one car, car, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So if you did one electric car on a daily basis, like I do, the average American would double their electric use. Yeah, it's just things people don't think about. No right? one thinks yeah, about any exactly. of this, Jim. You save on it's gas, but electricity is a lot more than I would, gas. I would venture yeah. to guess the majority of electric vehicle owners, Jim, have never done the math I just did. Right. Oh, no. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Exactly. They just I plug do. in and go. They, they think that magic electricity <laughs> out of the socket is where it all comes from. It's all from. free. Yeah, they have no idea. It, it's not counting up on their, yeah. They have exactly. no clue, Jim. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you very much, guys. No, I appreciate uh, I'll it. I'll probably be seeing you soon. So Thanks, Jim. Right, so. Thanks, Jim. Uh, no, Thanks. really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Sheldon, Bill, hang tight. We'll come right back. Uh, great questions today, by the way. These are really great universal questions that uh, I think everybody benefits from. So thank you for that. We'll be back. One line open, 303-477-5600. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. The most frustrating part of getting your vehicle repaired is not knowing what they're charging you for. The team at Extreme Auto Repair has nothing to hide. Sean, Mike, Dave, and the whole team at Extreme Auto Repair and Parker want you to understand what's going on with your vehicle so you know how to prioritize your spending. They'll always be transparent because you're the one spending money. You need to know what's wrong so you can focus on the most important repairs first. Just ask, and they'll be more than happy to take you back to the service bay, open up the hood to show you what's going on, or hand you the part that's not functioning. Their philosophy is, why hide it? You might not know what to look for on your own, and the bill makes a lot more sense when you can actually see the part. Plus, you'll feel better knowing that they're not charging you for services you don't need. Take a look together. Schedule a repair now at klzradio.com extreme. Promise is kept. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to findashop.com. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm. But you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. 
Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. Hi, this is Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial. You're listening to John Rush on Drive Radio because you want to do what's best for your automobile. As a financial advisor who specializes in retirement planning, I help people do what's best for their finances as they enter or prepare for that next phase in their lives. Events like 2008 and COVID-19 have had devastating consequences for many people's retirement savings. A healthcare crisis can derail a well-planned retirement if it's not taken into consideration. When I meet with my clients, we talk about protected growth of their assets and how careful planning can address unforeseen circumstances. For a Zoom meeting with me, Al Smith, or a visit to my office with social distancing, call 303-744-1128 or visit my website, goldeneaglefinancialltd.com. Advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Charlie Grimes, your engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones today. All right, Sheldon, you've been hanging on the longest. Sheldon, welcome. What's going on, sir? Uh, just a question on window tinting. Have you got a, uh, a customer, I mean a business I could go to that good, reputable window tinting? Uh, possibly, and... If you want, do this. I've, I've got somebody that I just used. I liked them. I think they did a great job. I would love to you know, get them involved with the show. I haven't got that far yet. But if you email me, I can send you their, their info, Sheldon. Okay. All right, and that's uh, John Rush. Just, use, just go John, J-O-H-N, at drive-radio.com. Okay, drive. Okay. Okay. You Thank send you that much. to me, and I'll send it back off to you, Sheldon. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Much. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Cody from Michigan, Davidson, Michigan. What's going on, Cody? Hey, brother. How you doing, guys? Okay, doing so good. We, we're interested. How'd you find about? How'd you find us all the way in Michigan? Yeah, I figured you'd ask that. So <laughs> I listened. I listened to Mr. Rush there on the Crawford Roundtable with oh. Bob Duco. Well, thank you. Avid listener to Bob. Yeah, I'm an avid listener, Bob. I I uh, relate a lot, you know, with uh, you know things sure. he says. You know, I'm in line with his thought sure. process, and all you guys really do a really good job. Thank you. Being in line. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that very much, Cody. And, you know, I enjoy doing that. It's a fun podcast. We have a lot of fun. Bob's, as you know, all of them, Bob, Neil, uh, Roger, just they're great guys. Yeah, they sure are. I'm very blessed to to learn about you guys. And thank you. you. uh, Connected well with with you and your thought process. Thank you. I followed you along with, um, yeah, you're welcome, uh, with uh, Drive Radio and just, you know, driving, uh, listening, uh, you know, through the website here, through online. So, well, thank you. um, So, yeah, you're welcome, guys. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to follow up on your uh, question that you yes. asked. Um, hi, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course. So of course. I would like to, you know, and you guys sort of touched on. I don't think you really learned or talked about it too much on the podcast, from what I've learned so far, or heard. Um, but I think you have some pretty good insight or some background knowledge on the Bitcoin. Yes. And I would like to know a little bit about your thought process on that because I really don't know how it works, but I know that. It's worth a lot of money, and I've been hearing that 
Uh, Bob, you know, uh, was asking for you to, you know, mail him a, a Bitcoin for Christmas. So I don't know if that's doing <laughs> I did not mail him a Bitcoin for Christmas, by the way. But no, and I own just a teeny bit of Bitcoin just to kind of watch what it does and so on. But, you know, I'll, I'll uh, uh, for everybody listening, Bitcoin is cryptocurrency. There is a limited number of it that was issued in the beginning. So when it when it came out, there was only X amount of Bitcoin available across the entire planet. That's that's all there is. It's not like the dollar where they can keep injecting more of it into the economy. So of course, Cody, with anything else, supply and demand. The more people that are demanding that product, the higher the price goes. So when I first bought Bitcoin, I put in about I don't know 250 bucks or so. I want to say. Uh, and the other day it was worth about 600. Today it's worth 557. So I think that kind of tells you, you know, it, yeah, it's doubled in value. I've owned it about three years. I mean, now I wish I'd have bought like 10 grand worth. But at any rate, it's it's a cryptocurrency. And for everybody listening, it can be used depending upon merchants to buy goods and services. Uh, it can also be used as an investment. You can just buy it and watch it increase. Uh, and, and the thing about it, Cody, that people maybe don't realize is it's all, uh, how do you want to say, a, a, I don't know if traceable is the right word, but, but basically every single transaction, you know exactly what's gone on with that particular Bitcoin. Or a wow. fraction of. Because most people don't even own a full Bitcoin because they're, they're way, way up. I mean, you own fract- mine, mine is a fraction of a Bitcoin is what I own. It's like huh. point, point, point zero, zero, zero <laughs> something is what I own. I mean, it's a real fraction of a Bitcoin. Huh. Man, man. And so just that fraction that you have, already in the in the last five years i think you said doubled it what is it now it's i'm up to five well depending upon the day it's as high as 600 or so and i put 250 in okay wow yeah that's, so that's so good. one so bitcoin so everybody listening understands one reason why i own a fraction <laughs> one bitcoin today is thirty four thousand one hundred and seventy dollars and twenty cents one coin. That's why I own a fraction. Yeah. Right. I should have bought a foot. I mean, back in the day, Cody, when this thing first started, you could have bought a Bitcoin for like 20 bucks. Yeah. Should have. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying is the huge return there. You know, it's, it's just incredible to. It is. Now, now real quick for everybody listening, and I realize we're talking automotive, but Bitcoin is one of those things that we all, you know, can encounter. Uh, Cody, one of the things with Bitcoin that. People have to understand, too, is it does go up and down. So, I mean, depending upon the rest of the markets, what the dollar is doing, what the economy is doing around the world, and so on, it really does greatly affect that Bitcoin value and the buying and selling of it internally. That demand also has a big factor on it as well. So I I don't want to say, you know, for anybody out there listening, you can go buy today and double your money in five years. I have no idea where it's headed. But I think, Cody, given what we're doing with the dollar and the fact that we will now be up to... I guess by the time we figure in what we've injected, six to seven trillion we've injected in the last you know year to year and a half, uh, you know the dollar's value is decreasing every time we do that, which increases bitcoins. Wow, wow, yeah, well, that's just uh, very interesting to me, and I'd like to learn about that stuff. So any and all times you want to talk about okay. that, I'll do it. Well, you know, one, one of the things we're going to do on the in the podcast too in the near future is you know the, us of those of us of, of hosts, you know, we can just keep you know asking. You know, Bob, and in general, what do we want to talk about week to week? This is one of the things we've sort of got on our, our table to talk about, Cody, so it'll be coming up on the podcast, too. Right on, guys. All right, John, I uh, appreciate your insight and all you guys Thank you, there. sir. Good show. Appreciate yeah, it very much. Show. Thanks, Cody. God bless you. God bless you, too. You really too. appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Mike and Greeley, you're next. Hello, Mike. Oh, is, is it Frank? Oh, Frank, I'm sorry. Frank, are you there? Oh. That's me. There yeah. we go. That's better. Helps when I got the right name. <laughs> How you doing, John? Good, sir. What's up? 
I got a question for you. I've got a neighbor. Actually, I've got a neighbor across the street who has an older S10 pickup, and he's a fanatic about washing his engine. He goes to the car wash and washes it, and I told him not Stop. to do that. Well, he did it and ended up having it towed to the garage and having the distributor replaced because it french-fried. Yeah. 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 And now yeah. I've got another, another neighbor who has a similar vehicle, and he wants to wash his engine, and I told him I wouldn't do that. I, you know, being I even even Ken and I, so we're both car guys, and I'm really a particular. Everybody knows me, knows I'm particular. I, you know, love my vehicles clean inside, outside, and so on. But even as particular as I am, Frank, I will gingerly wash my engine, even on my performance cars, maybe, maybe once every other year, just to get the dust uh-huh. off. That's it. Yeah, so right. I rarely yeah. wash one because of what you're talking about. Right. And even yeah, when I, I do, it's have. very careful. Yeah. I also have an older vehicle, and I've never washed the engine, and Good. it runs great. Good. Don't. Yeah. You're better off alone. not. I, I keep the maintenance up and leave it alone. You're better off doing that. Right. You know, it, it's one of those things that's, you know, you like to have a clean engine and stuff like that, but if you don't know where you're spraying, you can cause a lot of damage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I'll go one step further. Frank, even sometimes when you do... Well, yeah. All it can, takes is one little slip right, of where exactly. the tip of that you know thing yeah. is at, and you know you yeah. you now have problems. The older exactly. the older cars had electronics under the hood. The newer cars have more. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, so, no, yep. I, I'm one way. And, and, and just quickly, if somebody's going to do that, a I think let a professional do it. Uh, B, if you're going to do it yourself, you know you really need to watch what you're doing. Be extremely careful. I am one where I'm I'm talking, you know, a little light mist out of a garden hose, not even the pressure washer, to just get the dust off, as Ken talked about. Right. And by the way, a lot of that you could do with a leaf blower. Yeah, and he has an older vehicle, so yeah. I'm sure he's dealing with grease and oil in there as well. Leave so. it. The older they are, the worse. Leave it. Yeah, the the more yep, issues. Can and if it's if it's enough where it's dripping everywhere, well then that needs fixed. That's a whole different conversation. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, not a big engine is- washing guy. And and Frank, that's, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was not uncommon back then to wash your engine almost every time you washed the vehicle because we all knew where the distributor was. That's all about that was there. Maybe a spark plug would get wet or, you know, you yeah. know the, the, the plug boot would get wet or something along those lines. But back then it was an easy yeah. three-minute fix. Even in the car wash, you had a screwdriver with you. You'd pop right. the cap off, you know, blow it all out, right. you know, put it back on and away you go. Well, th- those days right. are long, long gone. Right, yeah. Exactly. And he said that if you did say it was okay to do it, how would you prefer to do it? So, Well, I just kind of gave you that. And, and you could use, you know, again, a really light mist, spray a little bit of degreaser on it first. You know, let that soak in for just a second and just kind of use that light mist to kind of wash off, you know, some of the, the, the grit and the grime. But really a lot of folks, if they would just take whatever they've got as their leaf blower or a shop vac in reverse, even a shop vac in reverse will blow a lot of that dust and crud off or even suck it up first and then blow off what you can't suck up. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can do this where you're not having to actually wash the engine. Right. And if you were to take it to a professional, would you need to make sure this professional is insured in case <laughs> yes. he causes a problem? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, most guys in the world there, I mean, typically in the, you know, in the automotive world, when you wash an engine, typically we're doing it to actually either find a leak, fix a leak, get to where we can see something better. I mean, typically most shops won't even wash an engine unless Di- somebody really specifically asks. Diagnostic purposes is, yep, is that's about the it. reason you would do it. It really yeah. doesn't happen much anymore, Frank. Yeah. Okay, very like, good. That answers my question. Thank you. And they don't leak much anymore. No, you I was know, just going to say, yeah, other than the yeah. dust and a little grime, road right, grime and exactly. stuff, there's... If you live on a dirt road like I do, the different. leaf blower's not working, but, you know... It's, that's different. But, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, they don't get super dirty, so... Right. And even then, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just dust. Yeah, just yeah, drive it. Exactly. Not going to bother anything. All right, we'll yeah. come right back. You got more questions for us. Lines are open 303 477 5600. You can text us also 307 200 8222. 307 200 8222. We'll be right back, though. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The performance oil service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. BG. RoofMax in South Aurora keeps your roof going strong with roof rejuvenation. Modern asphalt shingles are manufactured with less oil than they used to be, so they dry out sooner, leaving them brittle and unable to expand and contract with the extreme temperature swings. Especially here on the front range where your roof handles high elevation sun, UV exposure, and severe spring and summertime storms, along with more than twice the national average snowfall, your shingles wear out even faster. Roof rejuvenation with Roof Max could save you up to 85%. Just one application of their all-natural bio oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, Roof Max could help your roof last 15 years longer. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive in Aurora. Lines are open 303-477-5600. Craig in Wheat Ridge, you're next. Hello, hey, John, can Craig, you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. How you doing, sir? Okay, how, how are you? Good. Hey, uh, on this topic of uh, electric vehicles, I know General Motors announced, what, by 2035, they will not make any combustion engine vehicles. Is that correct? That's what they said. And then California's mandate is, is similar. They won't sell any at about that date. 
any, any which means Colorado will be right behind that. Right. Now, you know, electric vehicles, I know, you know, the higher-end ones have a great driving range. The lower, cheaper ones have a lesser driving range. I've considered it, and with my commute, you know, I'm going to have to be charging at work in order to return home. How many miles a day so, do you drive, Craig? Well, it's about a 130-round trip. Oh, you, well, I mean, my Bolt would do that every day, no problem. Right. I do so about 80. I, you know, I do roughly roughly 80 a day. You know, by the time I dink around, do my round trip and so on, I'm about 80 a day, and I have no issues. I, I mean, I come home with, you know, half a battery left. But when they make these across the board, you know, it's is that going to apply to trucks as well? I, I'm, I'm thinking about contractors. Let's say, you know, contractors that use their pickup mm-hmm. for their job, and they put a lot of miles in their truck during the day, and right. then they, you know, they get to a job site. What are they going to charge at a job site? And they won't. They'll, they'll have to have enough longevity. And th- this is the, you know, the drawback to them at the moment is that, that you know, that range, that, that, that mile range, longevity, however you want to say it, that, that's the drawback right now is getting that contractor out, doing everything he needs to do, and then back at the end of the day. That's why delivery vehicles are struggling with, with some of this right now. Sure. Your contractor trailer will have to have a diesel generator on it in order to charge that at the site. And then... <laughs> You know, over the does that apply to over the road truckers, semis? Are we are we talking? They have to go electric as well. And then you you talk about the weight of the batteries. And, and let's say on a on a big vehicle, it's going to take a lot of batteries to keep that thing moving. Mm-hmm. It's going to in, increase the weight of the vehicle, right? And in in turn, it's going to reduce the uh, the range the vehicle has. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Range I mean, and ability to tow to take the weight to yeah. I mean to stop haul that much all weight. Of that. Yeah. Yes. All of exactly. that. Yes. Yeah. So have have they when they start making these mandates have they considered that? No. I, you know, no. again, no. I mean, these are green. No, po- I, no politicians, I Craig. Are... You know, I talked about that a moment ago. As much you know, as much as they may seem to think they've got all the answers, the reality is these guys don't live in reality, and no, they haven't thought through all of that. No. Nor do they no. care. Yeah. The Most ad- of them don't drive. The added weight to the truck, the added road damage, I mean, just everything that goes right along with that. I'll go as far as to say, and I may be wrong in saying this, if somebody can figure this out and correct me, please do so. But I, I would doubt very seriously, Craig, if if Mary Barra, the head of GM, drives. Probably not. Probably. Uh, I am mean, guarantee you, you know, in her position and where she's at in the company and so on, I guarantee you she's got a driver that takes her to and from wherever she needs to go. She may have a vehicle she drives right. on the weekends or something with the kids, but I would venture to guess she doesn't drive much. And then how would you say as a whole, you know, the, the retail uh, price of an electric vehicle is still higher. across the board going to be higher than yes. a combustion engine. Oh, yes, by far. I mean, you can look at my Bolt as a great comparison. And, you know, GM's done a great job on that vehicle and I think has got a really great price point vehicle for what it is. But the average Bolt, you know, depending upon equipment, is anywhere from thirty to 35000 You could buy a Chevy Spark, which is essentially the same size of vehicle, maybe a little bit smaller, but you can buy a Spark for twenty. Right. So, I mean, again, it seems like a lot of these government mandates, they don't think about the, you know, the low-income person or the little guy that can't afford... No. You know, the they don't higher care. heating cost or the higher cost of their vehicle, any of that. But no, they... They will tell you that they care, but let me tell you, everybody out there listening, this is a proving point. They don't. They don't care. They have an agenda. They're being pushed by an agenda. That agenda doesn't care what happens to the little guy, and away they go. Great point, Craig, because at the end of the day, no, they don't care about the little guy at all.
Yeah. Uh, well. By the way, that was that was proven this past week with the Robin Hood, uh, you know, GameStop debacle on stocks and so on. Do they care about the little guy? Absolutely not. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just I don't know. Uh, will there be any pushback? I mean, will there be politicians that will? Yes. I just don't know if there's enough of them. And there'll be organizations even like, you know, SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Market Association that, you know, a lot of us belong to. Uh, you know, they will have pushback. Some of the late, you know, local agencies, uh, you know, ASA of Colorado, uh, places like that that are nationwide as well. There'll be some pushback as, as, you know, trade organizations, I should say, will push back as well. Will there be enough of that to make any difference? Man, I don't know, Craig. When you get an agenda from on high that you're told to do X, X and X or you're not going to be back elected into office again, um, the chances of us winning are pretty slim, I think. Right. The only pushback will be if these things don't sell. So the pushback I see, and I know I've only got another minute. We can talk about this at the top of the hour. But one of the pushbacks that I could see, I'd like to get, get, get Ken's feeling on this, and this may be a big change in the industry as well, would be, you know, Craig, folks, just decide, listen, I'm not going to buy a new electric vehicle, even if it's mandated. So I'm just going to keep driving the one that I've got, or I'm going to go buy a couple others and have them in, in storage ready to go. It, it, so as I need to rotate through vehicles, you know, I'll be able to do so with my gasoline-powered whatever it is. I could see really even a resurgence of older vehicles because of what we're talking about. And that, I, you know, I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that one, but, but that could be a potential you know, income stream for somebody down the road if that does happen. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, you know, like I, like I was talking about, just the aftermarket picking up on on fix you know replacing having those replacement parts for those vehicles which they've done all along but electronic components seem to be in the lag of that right so they're not able to right. actually you know get in and replace great, those. great conversation so, craig yeah. i think what i'll do i'll let you go i got top hour break i'll pick this up at the top of the hour i had a couple of things too that you got me thinking about some things so craig thanks we'll be right back hour number two is next myself ken rackley question of the day is if you could buy something Go back in time and buy something that you now know what it is. What would that be? We just used Bitcoin a moment ago, but you know it doesn't have to be a, a vehicle. It could be anything. One other thing I want to add when I come back too is I think just my own thought process is for a lot of you hot rodders and guys like that, I do think there'll be some changes coming down the pike in regards to some of the hot rods we now can buy, i.e. I'm driving a... Uh, Durango this week with the Hellcat engine. Was oh, that the SRT I saw out there? Yeah, so nice. we'll, we'll talk about some of that as well and what I think is coming down the pike along those lines. We'll be back. Hour 2 is next. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.